You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm going solo and bringing you the latest updates from Israel, a country with a nearly 90% vaccination rate and an over 50% of those having received a booster, meaning three shots total. While indeed the vaccinated are experiencing a lower severe hospitalization rate and death rate than the unvaccinated, the percentages may surprise you. Plus, it's looking like natural immunity is far superior than induced immunity from vaccination. I'll cover all of this and more. What may surprise you even more is the studies I share with you today showing some concerning outbreak and breakthrough rates, as well as how current data on cases, hospitalizations, and death rates are virtually the same as this time last year. This is not an anti-vax episode. I'm merely sharing the data coming out of this highly vaccinated population. It's going to be important moving forward that we continue to pay attention to Israel. As always, if you have any questions for the show, please email us at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this show, please do me a huge favor and rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. I'm glad you're here. Let's jump in. Welcome back. Today, I'm doing a solo episode, and it's titled Pay Attention to Israel. The reason I'm doing this episode is because there's a lot of data coming out of Israel right now, and we need to look at it, and we need to pay attention to it. This is not a pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine episode. I simply want to break down the data that we're seeing in real time, as well as some of the studies that have come out in the past month or so. So I'm going to jump right into it. We need to pay attention to Israel because their vaccination rates are around 90% of the population vaccinated. They are a highly vaccinated country. They now have about 52% of their inhabitants with three shots. So several people have gotten the boosters at this point. Starting in July, they they began seeing an increased amount of vaccinated people becoming infected with COVID-19 again mostly above the age of 60. Things had been fairly under control since they had started vaccination protocols prior to that. And so this uptick in July was concerning. The study showed that this was due to a drop in the effectiveness of the vaccine, as well as a decline in the antibodies of those who were vaccinated. Pfizer's vaccine is being used there. When they uh, they developed the vaccines, Israel largely used to inoculate its population They originally found that this vaccine was 90% effective in preventing infection from the Delta variant of the virus. The health ministry, the Israeli health ministry, I want you to look up the Israeli health ministry because they have a great page that has all the charts in it that you can look at. The health ministry also released similar data early on in their vaccine campaign, but later announced that the effectiveness of the vaccine had decreased and by 40%, it had gone down to only 40%. So we had a huge, we saw a huge drop there in the effectiveness. There's a green pass in effect there. That's their vaccine passport. It's called the green pass. Unfortunately, as of this past Sunday, October 3rd, and they didn't implement it that day because they didn't have enough, they didn't have all systems in place, but the goal was to implement it by then. If you've only had two shots, you are considered unvaccinated at this point. So sometime this week, and I'm not sure when, today is Tuesday, the 5th, there is a whole bunch of people who in the coming days will be considered, almost 2 million people to be exact, will be considered unvaccinated because they've only had two doses and not three. So that's a problem, right? So they're going to be ineligible for the new green passport. The new green passport 
or I'm sorry, they call it the Green Pass. The new Green Pass documents will include a digital signature, which business owners are supposed to scan before granting them entry into their establishment. And then the plan is to have this green passport valid for six months, starting from the date of the third vaccination. And they have not yet released, the the health ministry has not yet released a policy of what will happen after these six months. So we don't know. Does this mean vaccines every six months, boosters every six months? We don't know. They also did change their recommendation. If you had previously been recovered from COVID and had antibodies, you were given a green pass. That is not the case anymore. You have to be, if you have been recovered from COVID, if you've had COVID and recovered and have antibodies, you still have to receive a single dose of the vaccine to get this green passport or this green pass. All right. So there are there are graphs at the Ministry of Health, the Israeli Ministry of Health. I want you to look up and I'll provide you the link, but you're going to have to go through the graphs yourself and, and work them out because this is an audio, not a visual <laughs> learning experience. What we have seen and what we are currently seeing is that the vaccinated are doing better overall of staying at a hospital and dying according to the current data. However, this is where you're going to have to comb through the graphs and play with them. If you look at case rates, hospitalization rates, and death rates, and you compare today's date compared to the the same time in 2020, those rates are virtually unchanged. And that's the big point I want to drive home here. If we're looking at case rates, overall case rates, positive positive PCR case rates, those numbers are virtually unchanged. If we're looking at hospitalization rates, severe hospitalization rates, those numbers are virtually unchanged and death rates are virtually unchanged. What does this mean? One could surmise that the vaccine isn't really making much of an impact. However, if you look at today's data and in real time, you'll see that the 10% of the unvaccinated are fueling the bulk of the problem in the hospitals. They're accounting for 89% of ECMO patients, 65% of serious cases, and 60% of deaths. So the the, the small amount of people who are unvaccinated are contributing heavily to the hospital load and to the death rate. Well, 60%. I mean, that's... 60%, the other 40 are vaccinated, the other 40%. It seems to be that those who are elderly or who have several comorbidities are the ones that we're seeing these more serious breakthrough cases in. So 35% of the serious cases are vaccinated and 40% of the deaths are vaccinated. Increases in COVID-19, this is a study from September 30th, 2021, titled Increases in COVID-19 are Unrelated to Levels of Vaccination Across 68 Countries and 2,947, or we'll just say 3,000 counties in the United States. If you're looking at the amount of people fully vaccinated, meaning three shots in Israel, and you look at how they're doing overall. This study was pretty alarming. It states the lack of a meaningful association between percentage population fully vaccinated and new COVID-19 cases is further exemplified 
for instance, by comparison of Iceland and Portugal. Both countries have 75% of their population fully vaccinated and have more COVID cases per 1 million people than countries such as Vietnam and South Africa, which have around only 10% of their population fully vaccinated. So we're seeing in countries with high vaccination rates, significantly higher case rates than we are in countries with low vaccination rates. If you look across these nearly 3,000 counties in, in the United States, the new median COVID-19 cases per 100,000 people in the last seven days is largely similar across the categories of percent population fully vaccinated. Notably, there is also substantial county variation in new COVID-19 cases within categories of percentage population fully vaccinated. There also appears to be no significant, no significant signaling of COVID-19 cases decreasing with higher percentages of population fully vaccinated. Let me repeat that. There also appears to be no significant signaling of COVID-19 cases decreasing with higher percentages of population fully vaccinated, meaning the higher the percentage of the fully, with these higher percentages of population fully vaccinated, we aren't seeing a significant number of cases decreasing. Of the top five counties in the U.S. that have the highest percentage of population fully vaccinated, anywhere between 84% to 99%, the CDC identifies four of them as high transmission counties. These are Chattahoochee, that's so fun to say. <laughs> it's so cute to look at. Chattahoochee, Georgia, McKinley in New Mexico, um, Arecibo in Puerto Rico, these counties have above 90% of their population fully vaccinated with all three being classified as high transmission areas. Conversely, of the 57 counties in the US that have been classified as low transmission counties by the CDC, 26.3% of them have percentage of population fully vaccinated below 20%. So I know that's a lot of numbers, but bottom line is of the top counties, the top few counties that are the highest vaccinated, uh, the CDC is categorizing them as high tr high transmission areas. And if you look at a large, about 60 counties that have been classified as low transmission, over a quarter of them uh, have a very low vaccination rate. For instance, in a report released from the Ministry of Health in Israel, the effectiveness of two doses of the Pfizer vaccine against preventing COVID-19 infection was reported to be 39%, substantially lower than trial efficacy of 96%. So the reason we're seeing maybe some of these changes is because we're seeing waning immunity, we're seeing waning effectiveness. Remember that efficacy rate, the efficacy rate that you heard at the beginning of this when these vaccines were released and everybody said, oh, 96%, 95% efficacy. All efficacy meant was that it decreased the severity of the COVID infection. It did not mean that it decreased deaths and it did not mean that it decreased transmission. It just simply had a 90%, 95% efficacy of lowering the chances of you getting very ill from COVID. Effectiveness is a different beast. We're looking at effectiveness now. Now that we have the vaccine out in a large portion of population in different places, we are seeing effectiveness waning. Effectiveness is basically what happens in the real world. That's why some of these countries we need to pay attention to, particularly Israel. 
All right. And we also have new data showing that vaccine may not be as strong as immunity acquired through recovery from the virus, natural immunity. A substantial decline in immunity from mRNA vaccines six months post-immunization has also been reported in Israel. Even though vaccination offers protection to individuals against severe hospitalization, the CDC reported uh, an increase from 0.1 to 9% and 0 to 15% between January and May 2021 in the rates of hospitalizations and deaths, respectively, amongst the fully vaccinated. So we're seeing an uptick in deaths. There was a natural, uh, an article that came out on natural immunity. You've probably heard of it. This was a preprint August 25th called Comparing SARS-CoV-2 Natural Immunity to Vaccine-Induced Immunity, Reinfection versus Breakthrough Infections. And I want to read through this because it's short. I'm actually going to read you what was published. The methods were, they conducted a retrospective observational study comparing three groups. In group one, we had... Um, SARS-CoV-2 naive individuals who received two-dose regimen of the Pfizer vaccine. The second group was previously infected individuals who have not been vaccinated. And the third group was previously infected and with a single dose of the vaccine. They looked at three multivariant logistic regression models. In all models, we evaluated four outcomes, SARS-CoV-2 infection, symptomatic disease, COVID-19-related hospitalization, and death. This was from a period of June 1st to August 14th when the Delta variant was dominant in Israel. That's why there was that uptick in July. That's why they started seeing a concern. The results were the SARS-CoV-2 naive vaccinees, <laughs> vaccinees <laughs> had a 13-fold increased risk for breakthrough infection with the Delta compared to those who had natural immunity who were previously infected. When the first event, the infection or vaccination occurred between January and February of 2021. So they were looking at, they were acquiring this data June through August, and they're talking about people who had either been vaccinated or infected between earlier, just a few months earlier between January and February. They had a 13-fold increased risk for breakthrough infection with the Delta. The increased risk was significant for symptomatic illness as well. When allowing the infection to occur at any time before vaccination, evidence of waning natural immunity was demonstrated, though SARS-CoV-2 naive vaccinees, vaccinees <laughs> had a six-fold fold increased risk for breakthrough infection and a sevenfold increased risk for symptomatic disease. They were also at greater risk for COVID-19 related hospitalizations compared to those who were previously infected. So being double vaxxed was shown in this preprint to not only have higher rates of symptomatic disease from their breakthrough cases, but they had a higher risk of symptomatic disease, and they were at a greater risk for hospitalization than those who were previously infected. The conclusion was this study demonstrated that natural immunity confers longer lasting and stronger protection against infection, symptomatic disease, and hospitalization caused by the Delta variant compared to those with a two-dose vaccine immunity. Individuals who were both previously infected with SARS-CoV-2 and given a single dose of the vaccine gained additional protection against the Delta variant. So there's something about this combo, perhaps one shot with natural immunity 
is actually preferred potentially. There's another study that came out July 2021. Nososomal outbreak caused by the SARS-CoV-2 Delta variant in a highly vaccinated population in Israel. Basically, there was one person who entered hospital. He was old. And by the time he was diagnosed with COVID-19, he had infected three fellow patients. He also had a PCR threshold that was very low. PCR is the cycle threshold is they run it enough until they find the virus. Well, if you don't have to run it very many times to find virus, that's concerning, which shows a very high viral titer. So this gentleman or woman, they did not identify sex, was carrying around a very high viral titer, even at a low PCR threshold. Israel was one of the first countries to achieve a high level of full vaccination, and they did not just use regular Pfizer, from what I understand. They used the Comirnaty, or I can never say it, Comirnaty, which is the one that has gotten FDA approval here in the United States. Um, from May through June 2021, at that time, more than 55% of the population was fully vaccinated. New cases decreased to less than two cases per million with no social restrictions which was indicative of a very high vaccine effectiveness. Remember, I said effectiveness is what's happening in the real world. Since mid-June, a sharp increase in cases has been observed, attributed to the SARS-CoV-2 Delta variant, and uh, which by mid-July constituted more than 95% of sequence virus isolates in Israel. I think they were actually sequencing them. I want to remind you that in the United States, PCR test is just PCR test. It tells you whether you're positive or not. That's it. When you hear the word uh, Delta in the U.S. and everyone's saying, oh, there's there's Delta variant everywhere. What's happening is this, and you can go to fact checkers and look this up. <laughs> the CDC, that's where I found the info. The CDC basically comes in and takes samples. And out of all the samples in the United States, they may take say 800 of them, and then they will test those 800 for Delta. And that is how they determine percentages of Delta in the population. When you go to the doctor or you drive through the Walgreens and get your nasal swab done, you are not being tested for Delta. If you're told you have Delta on the scene, that's incorrect. I don't know of any hospitals that have this specialized testing. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But for the most part, when you're positive for COVID, they're assuming you're Delta just because that's the predominant strain going around right now. But that's not confirmed just because you have a positive test. This episode of The Dr. Tina Show is brought to you by my personal line of products that you can find inside my online store. My number one selling product is Easily Relax Tonic. What is Relax Tonic? Relax Tonic is an innovative powdered drink mix that reminds me a whole lot of the cherry flavored Kool-Aid I drank as a kid. Only this Kool-Aid won't brainwash you and might actually help you make better decisions. It contains a blend of ingredients that promotes a relaxed mood by supporting the body's natural neurotransmitter balance and neuronal stabilization. It contains the inhibitory neurotransmitter GABA, supports hormonal balance, healthy blood pressure levels already within normal range, and healthy glucose metabolism. Relax Tonic aims to promote a calm, relaxed, well-balanced, emotional, and physiologic state. While I can't make any specific health claims, tell you how to dose it, or make individual health recommendations, I can tell you how they work. As always, check with your provider before beginning any supplement regimen. Listeners of the Dr. Tina Show can enjoy 10% off Relax Tonic by using the code RELAX10 in all capital letters over inside my store at store.drtina.com. That's D-R-T-Y-N-A. Again, head to store.drtina.com and be sure to use code RELAX10 for 10% off. This paper was published in Eurosurveillance, which is a journal published by the European Centers of Disease Control. And at that time, 
this one gentleman, he was, let's see, I think he was in his 70s, or this one individual was in, in their 70s. At this time, 238 out of the 248 exposed patients and staff that I'm about to tell you about had been fully vaccinated, which means we had a 90, in this small enclave, we had a 96% vaccination rate. So 96%, 238 out of the 248 had been vaccinated. This is far above what's required for herd immunity. This right here, what I'm about to share with you, suggests that herd immunity is impossible through these vaccine mandates. So this center, this Mir Medical Center, had has 780 beds. Most rooms accommodate three to four patients. They have curtains in between them. Starting in March 2020, patients were encouraged to wear surgical masks. Although use was inconsistent, it was enforced during patient staff encounters, meaning all the staff were wearing medical masks, surgical masks. Um, this one individual became with tested positive. And let's see, contact investigations were carried out by trained infection control personnel and were initiated after sus a suspected nososomal acquisition of COVID-19 diagnosis of a staff member. They, a staff member was confirmed positive by PCR. All individuals exposed were PCR tested for SARS-CoV-2. All of those testing positive were considered as a COVID-19 case. All data were collected in real time and included all patients and personnel exposed to a case, last negative PCR tests, presence of symptoms, date of symptom onset, any sick family member, and vaccination status and date. All exposed individuals were PCR tested for SARS-CoV-2. Whenever one or more patient was identified with a COVID-19 case, all staff and patients on the ward are screened regardless of a known encounter with a positive case. All exposed patients found negative in the first screening were cohorted and rescreened seven days post-exposure. So that's how it was conducted. The index case was a fully vaccinated patient in their 70s. They were on hemodialysis, so they were on dialysis for kidney issues. They were admitted to Ward A in mid-July with fever and cough and placed in a room with three other patients. They thought that this person was sick as uh, they thought it was an exacerbated congestive heart failure situation, but eventually they became more ill and they realized it was COVID-19. Four days after admission, they were diagnosed with PCR. Um, they were moved, they were transferred out of it into a dedicated COVID-19 ward. On the same day, all three of case of the case's roommates in Ward A were screened for SARS-CoV-2 and tested positive and were transferred to the dedicated ward or discharged. The COVID-19 diagnosed cases were transferred on the day of their diagnosis to Ward B, which is the COVID ward, which operated as a mixed ward because of the small number of COVID-19 patients in the hospital at the time, because remember, vaccines were working then. Half the ward was dedicated to COVID-19 patients with dedicated staff in full PPE, while half remained in a regular ward. The index case was treated on transfer day by a healthcare worker who had recovered from COVID-19 a year earlier and was vaccinated once as per Israeli guidelines. I mentioned those guidelines earlier. So they this the healthcare worker that treated this individual was recovered naturally and had one shot. Three days after transfer day, this healthcare worker attended a room in the regular ward with three patients of whom two developed symptoms capable of COVID, I'm sorry, compatible with COVID-19 two days later and tested positive with SARS-CoV-2. Contact investigation on Ward B identified a total of 19 COVID cases by SARS-CoV uh, PCR. 
10 staff, including the aforementioned healthcare worker, eight patients, including the three above, and one family member. The calculated attack rate among all exposed patients and staff was 10.6% for staff and 23.7% for patients in a population with a 96.2% vaccination rate. Remember, 238 of these individuals that were of the 248 exposed were fully vaccinated. Of the 42 cases diagnosed in this outbreak, 38 were fully vaccinated. So 42 cases of COVID, 38 were fully vaccinated with two doses of the uh, Comirnaty, and it sounds Comirnaty, it's such a terrible name. (laughs) One was recovered with one vaccination and three were unvaccinated. So we had 42 cases, 38 were fully vaccinated. One was recovered with one vaccine. Remember that that was, that's guidelines there. And three were unvaccinated. The median age was 55 years. Um, 23 were patients, 16 were staff members, and three were family members. The median time from second vaccine dose to breakthrough was 177 days. So there had been a time lag between getting fully vaccinated and ex- and exposure or this breakthrough infection. On the day of diagnosis, only 24 individuals were symptomatic, but in the following days, 36 became symptomatic. 36 of 42 became symptomatic, you guys. All staff remained asymptomatic or with a mild disease. Among the patients, which the median age was 77 years, and these these folks were elderly, eight became severely ill, six critically ill, and five of the critically ill died. The patient population was considerably older than staff, and all patients had comorbidities, either diabetes, hypertension, ischemic heart disease, congestive heart failure, dementia, body mass index over 30, chronic renal failure, of whom six were on dialysis. And dialysis is rough. Eight patients were immunocompromised. They go on to say that we have investigated a nososomal COVID outbreak involving the SARS-CoV-2 Delta variant among a highly vaccinated population. The attack rate among exposed individuals reached 23.3% in patients and 10.3% in staff with 96.2 vaccination rate among exposed individuals. Moreover, several transmissions probably occurred between two individuals, both wearing surgical masks, and in one instance using full PPE, including an N95 mask, face shield, gown, and gloves. In a recent publication by Bernal et al., the effectiveness of full vaccination with the Comirnaty vaccine against the Delta variant was high, although lower than against the Alpha variant. This was not the experience in Israel with a rapid increase in cases since June. So this Bernal study showed that the effectiveness of the fully vaccinated with this particular vaccine against the Delta was working. So when you've heard, I'm sure you've heard like, oh, there's studies coming out of Israel saying that the vaccine works great against Delta. This is not what they're experiencing in Israel currently. This communication emphasizes several points. It challenges the assumption that high universal vaccination rates will lead to herd immunity and prevent COVID-19 outbreaks. This was probably true for the wild SARS-CoV-2 virus, but the outbreak described here in with a 96.2% of the exposed population being vaccinated is concerning. Infection advanced rapidly. Many cases became symptomatic within two days of exposure and viral load was high. So that's concerning. Let me say that again. The infection advanced rapidly. Within two days of exposure, people were becoming symptomatic and the viral load was high. 
Another accepted view is that when facing a possible mismatch between SARS-CoV-2 variant and vaccine or waning immunity, the combination of vaccine and face mask should provide the necessary protection. That doesn't seem to be the case here. Although some transmission between staff members could have occurred without masks, all transmission between patients and staff occurred between masked and vaccinated individuals. I want to repeat that. All transmissions in this case between patients and staff occurred between masked and vaccinated individuals, and we're talking surgical masks. There was also an outbreak in Finland in May of 2021. In total, there were 58 case case patients were detected, 18 of whom died. For the deceased case patients, the median age was 80 years old, 11 were men, one was vaccinated with two doses and 11 with one dose and six were unvaccinated. In conclusion, this outbreak demonstrated that despite full vaccination and universal masking of the healthcare workers, breakthrough infections by the Delta variant via symptomatic and asymptomatic occurred, causing nososomal infections. As the Delta variant continues to spread through Europe, We suggest that utilization of respirators while treating COVID-19 patients should be included in national guidelines. So Finland is suggesting, this study out of Finland is suggesting using respirators because clearly N95 masks didn't even work. So this is important information and I wanted to share it with you and I wanted you to, I'm gonna provide the links to these studies. I'll provide the link to the Israeli Ministry of Health so you can go look at the graphs and play with them a little bit. And it takes a little bit of getting used to, but I will make sure that you guys have that resource and you can play with it there. And what you will see if you do, and if you actually, you can change the time lag on the chart. So you can look at like the last month, the last three months or forever since COVID-19 started. And you can see that again, hospitalizations, case rates, and death rates are virtually unchanged from this time last year. I will leave you with that. I hope you all are well, and I hope that you guys are continuing to build your resiliency and build your robustness. Because clearly, especially if you are in the elder age bracket, I I at one point said the person was old and I apologize, they were geriatric. We we told my mom she was a cute little old lady the other day and she got very angry with us. So we, we shan't say that. But it doesn't matter what age group you're in. We know that frailty, we know that comorbidities, and I'll tell you something about comorbidities. When I was in school, this is just a total side note, and I'll make it short. When I was in school, I had a theory that all disease went back to one or two conditions. And I paid close, close attention in all of my pathophysiology classes and differential diagnosis, what were the diagnoses that I saw pop up in the differential for every single condition? And I'll tell you what it was, diabetes. Diabetes and inflammation are the two driving forces behind all of this. An inflamed body that meets COVID-19, or I'm sorry, meets SARS-CoV-2, basically gives the virus a free-for-all playground and the virus drives that inflammation If you end up in hospital, the chances of you coming out are slim. So we don't want to get there in the first place. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what size you are. Everybody can build strength and begin to build strength. And it's it's just necessary. It's a non-negotiable at this point. Eating nutritionally dense food, taking a variety of supplements that have been shown in the literature can be supportive. It's not a prevention cure or treatment of COVID by any means. It's making your body less hospitable to a virus and making your body less hospitable to viral replication. That's where some of these supplements like C, D, zinc, et cetera, come in. 
And then making sure your sleep is optimized. I've had a few friends who are really metabolically sound, very physically fit, and they all, I shouldn't say they all, a few of them, just a very small percentage of them have become quite ill with COVID when exposed. I'll tell you where they got the COVID and I'll tell you something they all had in common. They all got COVID from a fully vaccinated individual. So a fully vaccinated individual showed up in their lives who was symptomatic or maybe asymptomatic at the time, later became symptomatic themselves. They had a rough time, the the vaccinated person and the unvaccinated friend or friends, I should say, who were very metabolically sound and fit and healthy had a rough time. And they said it was a pretty gnarly uh, round with this virus. They all had something in common though. All of them had had pretty severe sleep disruption going on in the past however many days or weeks. And so sleeping is critical. Sleeping, going to bed and getting up at the same time every day. That's it for me. I really appreciate you guys hanging out while I read these studies to you and shared the information inside of them. I'll be sure to link them all for you. If you like this podcast, which I hope you do, please do me a favor right now and head over to your favorite podcast app and review, rate, and subscribe. All of those little movements do a lot for me, and it also helps boost my podcast so that others can see it. So give me a rating if you would, give me a review if you would, and subscribe, and that lets the algorithms know that you want to hear more. I really appreciate you. Don't forget to check out my store at store.drtina.com. Use the coupon provided in the commercial here, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.